Star Owls Daily. Up to the minute Sheffield Wednesday news from the Star in Sheffield. The cap does fit. Dave Ponchanceri has called the Pulist to get Sheffield Wednesday out of the sticky situation they find themselves in. Welcome to the Star Owls Daily and definitely not the second version of the podcast that we've recorded today. I'm Liam Hoden and on this momentous occasion I'm joined by not one but two of the Star's Wednesday writers, Joe Cran and Alex Miller. Joe, good to speak to you again. It's uh, been a while. Yeah, let's not let's not try and befuddle people. This is the second time we've done a podcast tonight, isn't it, Liam? Yes. We did have one in the bag. <laughs> Bemoaning the lack of news from uh, Sheffield Wednesday and urging them to make a swift announcement, which uh, they promptly did, just uh, an hour or so after we finished recording. Yeah, yeah. But uh, look, at least we um, at least we didn't waste too much time on it. Yes, you know? certainly didn't. <laughs> certainly didn't. We can go again. And Alex, how's the holiday going? Yeah, a bit stop start, isn't it? Um, but yeah, no, good, good. I've enjoyed a bit of time off in between the madness. Uh, obviously, cracking on with the book that I'm writing as well. So, you know, I'm you're in the book, Alex? Yeah, apparently so. Yeah, yeah there's, there's a rumor. Um, so yeah, just sort of, I'm still sat in front of a laptop right now at Sheffield Wednesday. So, <laughs> you heard his voice there joining us also. The stars, football editor Chris Holt. How are you on this uh, Friday evening, Chris? I'm I'm grand, Liam. I'm grand. I feel a bit like, do you know those proper journalists who are like, like you see them on BBC Breakfast and then they're on the news again at ten o'clock at night and and you're wondering, like, when are they eating? When when are these people getting any sleep? <laughs> and that's that's us now. I think it is. And I'm assuming today's news has helped you get over the disappointment of the Thursday night. No, it hasn't. <laughs> Well, it's done. It's done and dusted. Tony Poulos is the new manager of Sheffield Wednesday. Appointed this evening and uh, well, we're all expecting it. Anyway, Joe, your initial reaction? Yeah, I mean, it's not really a shock, is it? It's uh, been a few days now that he's been in the running and a couple of days back, obviously, the, the betting got suspended on it, which is usually a pretty good sign. The... the the bookies are obviously it's quite misleading when people look at it all the time with all the changing that, that happens within it. But when when it goes down to you know betting being suspended, you you probably get a, an idea that it's it, it's going to happen. And a lot of obviously reputable journalists as well talking about aspects of the deal, which was always also a, a sign it was going to happen. And I think you know with, with Tony Pulis, you you're getting a a manager with a, a track record, got a track, track record specifically in the championship as well. And uh, we've spoken about it before with, with Wednesday this season. It's it's a case of, of needs must. And as much as I think the ch- chairman's aiming a little bit higher, it's still about surviving relegation. And as I said on, on last night's podcast, there aren't many people in the in the world with a better track record when it comes to relegation in terms of the teams they've been in charge of than, than Tony Pulis. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Alex, your thoughts? Yeah, sort of like Joe said, it's not wholly unexpected. We'd sort of gather that he was one of the managers that was sort of, you know, one of the contenders last time when, uh, you know, obviously led to the appointment of Gary Monk that he, he sort of spoke to the club and, and Mr. Chancery. And yeah, safe pair of hands, really. You know, you look at the clubs that he's had um, over the last few years and some of the jobs that he's done there. 
um, in terms of that that sort of steady hand thing. Um, you know, there aren't many, like Joe says, that that you can compete with. Um, I, I think you know some the reaction from from some supporters has been um, a little bit middle of the road to, to probably say the least um, in, in, I think there's some concerns over the style of football that's associated with him it's not always <coughs> the case across his career you know I think that that's important to say I suppose someone at uh, Middlesbrough and it sounds like when it, you know when he does have the players to, to play a slightly more I don't know attractive or expansive you know style of football he he has been known to do that from, from time to time in the past but I think largely we, we know what we're going to get from Tony Pulis and um and that's going to be, you know, a more pragmatic style, I think, probably more likely. And um, as I say, you know, a safe pair of hands in, in a season where, where Sheffield need, Wednesday desperately need that. Yeah, so it seems to be a, a fairly sensible appointment on, on those sort of lines. Chris, you've had a look at the some of the supporter reaction this evening. What what do you make of, of how this news has been uh, greeted by Wednesday nights? Um, given... The initial reaction. I've I've seen more positive responses tonight, um. So I'm wondering if a few people either didn't really say anything at all, or they've kind of taken time to digest it all, and and they've come around to the idea. I've it just seemed a little bit more, seen a little bit more positivity tonight now that it's been announced than it did, um, when when it became clear that it that the Pulis was going to get the job, um. I, to be honest, certainly this evening, I don't think it's an awful lot different to when Gary Monk took over. I think there was just that kind of... When Gary Monk took over, there, there was a bit of shrugging of the shoulders. Um, quite a few people thought it was a very poor appointment. Quite a few people thought it was quite good. Um, I think overall... Tony Pulis's reputation has gone before him here, and there are quite a few, quite a number of Wednesday fans who clearly think that it's going to be um, Wimbledon or Sheffield United of the nineties that are that's going to um, come back to this this part of the world. Um, I'm not so certain it's going to be like that, but it's understandable that 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 people are going to think that way. Um, but I think overall, from what I can see this evening, certainly on social media, um, the, the people have it, it feels as though people have kind of let the news settle in for a couple of days, and, and now have come to terms with it, and are going right. That's okay. Let's back him here. But I, I'm with you. I'm with the rest of the lads. A sensible appointment's the best way I would describe it as well. Yeah, I think I'd use sensible as the word. Un- understandable as well, given the, the situation that, that Wednesday find themselves in. Um, I think it makes makes an awful lot of sense to, that there's going to be some stability brought by, by this appointment. Um, it, it felt like that that will, that will come in maybe over the, the last year or, or a little bit before that, once, once Steve Bruce took over. That Wednesday were kind of resetting and building from foundations again. Obviously, things haven't worked out quite so well over the last eighteen months, nearly two years now. But this is the 
this is a man that you turn to when you want a bit of stability, when you want strong foundations, you want organisation, you want backbone. And these are some of the elements that Wednesday have lacked, certainly during this year. And uh, I can I can kind of fully understand where this, uh, this appointment's coming from. Joe, with your Wednesday hat on, what, how, how would you kind of greet this? Yeah, I think it's it's one of those where I think a lot of people will get the sort of reticence towards it um, because of the. Um, I think I think for some fans it's a little bit underwhelming, but for me it comes back to the idea of where do Wednesday think they are at the minute, yeah. and in terms of who is available for them that that can do a job and. The fact of the matter is that right now Wednesday are in a very precarious situation because it's not just a, a normal relegation either, is it? You know, it, this is not a normal year where you go down, you can throw some money at the situation, and you can come back up again. I mean, with everything that's going off in the world, the financial repercussions of going down to League One now are horrendous. You know, it's it's a, and, and I'm sure that that has played a role in. In, in Chun Siri's decision and I, you know I think the fact that they haven't spoken about the length of the contract uh, is not something that Wednesday do under Chun Siri anyway not something that the chairman I don't think has ever really disclosed months of contracts but um, I think the fact that it's it's been left a bit open-ended is uh, is interesting just for, from a fan perspective because there was obviously a lot of talk when some groups were saying it's short term, it's just to get us out of this situation, and then others were saying it was more long term and it was a bit of a project for him. And I think that, like Chris mentioned, the idea of people coming to terms with it has probably been helped by the fact that nobody actually knows how long he's going to be around for. It is an interesting one. It will be interesting to see how that that does play out because if if it is a short term project, you suggest that that's uh, Tony Pulis that's. Uh, sort of guiding that really that he'd be willing to come in for six months or whatever it is till the end of the season and uh, and kind of push that on rather than having some desire to to push it over a longer term um, but then again it may be a longer term thing as well when he sees that we don't know we, and probably we won't find out unless uh, somebody lets slip along the way because obviously the chairman does like to play cards close to his chest uh, on things like this. Um, yeah, I think there's also something to be said about the fact that, um, you know, it depends on what football fans want from their football club. Um, and, and right now, I think, speaking for myself, I would rather see Wednesday win games, even if it doesn't entail playing particularly like an expansive style of football or, uh, you know, and like a particularly pleasing brand of football. Um, and, and I think it is worth saying, like Alex mentioned, that, we don't know how sort of Tony Pulis is going to attack this situation when he when he comes in and finds the players that he's got. You know, we there is a, obviously a preconceived idea of how his teams play based on how people have seen him play in the past. But I think there's also a, a, a big element for me of the decisions been made. You know, he's got a great track record in terms of the championship and keeping teams up in general. Give the guy a chance. You know, give him a chance to show what you can do at this football club because as you said Liam stability has been something we've been lacking for a long time so if we can get some of that under, under a, a guy like Tony Pulis then I think a lot of football fans uh, a lot of Wednesday fans will, will be very accepting of that 
And in terms of this directness, he's not going to be a guy. He's experienced enough. If he walks in and thinks he hasn't got the players to play, if, even if he wants to play that direct style, if he walks in now when he hasn't got the players available that he thinks can do that, there's no way he's going to try and persist with it and it'd be a complete disaster. No, that's that's a good point. That's something I, I've been doing a bit of reading up on, on kind of perceptions of Tony Pulis and I've, I've, I've been looking up what his former players have said about him and a lot of what what comes up what, something that comes up a lot is are people saying that he goes into clubs and he'll find the best way to play based on what's there he, he's not going to go in and go right we're playing long I don't care what you all have been doing we're going long and that's it Everybody says that he'll go in there and he'll play to the strengths of whatever he has available. So everybody's saying here, oh, it's just going to be direct. It probably is likely to be direct in some way. But I wouldn't bank on that being the case. As as I think as Alex said earlier, he'll be pragmatic. But although people are saying, I've heard some people saying to me this week um, that Sheffield Wednesday don't have the players to play the way Pulis plays. I, I I don't know if they've got the players to play how Pep plays or you know do, do you know what I mean? I don't I don't really know what it is that Sheffield Wednesday have within the team. So that I'm I'm actually interested to see what Pulis takes from the squad and and how how he gauges how he's gonna how he's actually gonna play based on what's what's available to him. I think it's fair to say, Alex, that Wednesday probably could do we have in some form of identity about yeah we've been crying out out for it for a little while now um certainly since i've been covering the club that's been a, a sort of constant conversation you know across gary monk's 18 months it sort of went from one thing to the other and um and obviously there was that change halfway through after the the restart um so in it the when wednesday were flying last year and third in the league and all the rest of it on that run some of their best performances were the more direct performances sort of the the away game at Borough sort of springs to mind as as a proper like all out aerial assault really Um, the game at at Forest you know there was some very direct play there so no one was that bothered at that point you know everything you know the the scenes on on the concourse at Forest and you know, just generally up into the lead up, lead up to Christmas was was all sort of everyone was behind it, and it, and it felt like things were going in, in the right sort of direction. So I, I think if if Pulis can come in, regardless of the style of football, um, if he can get some results, it'll it'll soon be overlooked uh, the the way that Sheffield Wednesday are playing. It will be. I, I mean, I don't get this idea that you can only be entertained by a certain type of football. Yeah, if if I'm watching a match and my team is pumping cross after cross into the box every couple of minutes, but how exciting is that? You know when you've got your you've got your big forwards throwing themselves at everything, and you've got defenders getting up and throwing them, throwing themselves at everything. That's brilliant. Yeah. And I, I, that might I might sound like a dinosaur in that respect, but it, it, no, no, I, I I I think there's something to be said for absolutely battering teams. I mean physically. And and just throwing everything at it, and and you know what? For all the talk that people say, oh, that's an old fashioned style of football. Fans absolutely love it. Of course they do. And do you know what fans like more than anything else? Winning. 
Yeah. Not getting beat. Not getting duck bullied out of games. Not getting, not falling apart. Not, you know, having things within the grasp and then it all going wrong, as we've seen for for far too long at, at, at Sheffield Wednesday. Do you think Tony Pulis' team is going to lose as many matches, as many points as Wednesday did in the last 10 minutes of games? There you go. There you go. Absolutely no chance. No chance. No chance whatsoever. No chance. And again, and, and, and Joe touched on it, you have to... You have to come to the realization of where Sheffield Wednesday are uh, and what what they need right now, because you can you can set a standard and if if you're stable, if you're comfortable mid table, and the the direction that you're looking in is firmly up, then you can start thinking about having a philosophy of of pleasing football, trying to develop nice crisp attacking football that's entertaining. That's not really what Wednesday need right now. Wednesday need to stay in the championship, and and, and build solid foundations for for years to come, so they stay comfortably a championship team. Because it's been it's been a, co- a couple of years now since that's been the case. Wednesday need to get back to that, and this is why this appointment seems more and more sensible to me, and and more understandable to build that as a base to go go on. And hopefully success comes with it too. Hopefully, then no, no, you can't rule that out. He's done it before, um, elsewhere, and built successful teams that have won promotion. So why can't it happen again? And if it doesn't, hopefully you leave Sheffield Wednesday in a in a solid position. But the, the thing that I don't get about the the apparent criticism or the the lack of enthusiasm, shall we say, from some Sheffield Wednesday fans is that when it became clear that Steve Bruce was going to be the manager, they were all for it. Steve Bruce's team played terrible football and Steve Bruce has had an awful lot of crap jobs in which he'd been crap. And yet, if you look and compare his record to Tony Pulis, Tony Pulis has probably had... It's all in, right? You know, if things failed their kind of natural... And at Stoke, he had a good couple of years at Palace, or like a year and a half or whatever it was. In a similar time at West Brom, a bit longer, and then it kind of faded away. Middlesbrough's a write-off, but that's the only write-off you can. T- you can, and even then, it wasn't even really that bad. And then I mean, compared on, on, on to, that, to Bruce, that. Bruce has been terrible for probably half his career, and yet whenever it became, whenever. It, they said that Sheffield went that he was going to be Sheffield Wednesday manager. Wednesday fans were going, "Oh, that's brilliant! What a what a great appointment!" And his team t- played terrible football. So this is what I don't get about about what uh, the criticism that Pulis is given. Yeah, sorry on on that, Chris. You were saying about Middlesbrough, like you said, that was seen as as a, a bad job by him. But he finished seventh. I think he only missed out on playoffs by a, a point or so, and he lost yeah, a load they, of players they, that year yeah. as well. Yeah, they had a really bad run towards the end of the season and they fell, they fell away. You're right about the kind of the record that he's had as a manager as well. What what seems to have happened with uh, certainly at Stoke and, and, and to an extent at West Brom as well were they kind of decided that it was time to move on from him, that they wanted a little bit more. But what he'd created at Stoke were a team that had been out of the top flight for a long, long time, all of a sudden were very much part of the furniture in the top flight. Mm-hmm. You know, and they got to the point where they felt comfortable 
um, that they could they could change, you know, and and try and build something a bit more, you know, build that that more pleasing identity, and it didn't necessarily work out too well for them. Uh, in in and and uh, you could say the same about West Brom as well and, and issues that they've had, but um, yeah. Anyway, this way it's gonna is is got a lot of people to win over. It's clear, and, uh, and we'll see whether they can do that. But as I say, the best way to do that is to win football matches and get away from that relegation zone as quickly as he possibly can. But I think his record suggests that he's more than capable of uh, of doing it. Um, Alex, who who do you think will uh, will benefit from uh, this appointment among the Wednesday ranks? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? Without having sort of spoken to him or seeing how things might sort of work work out in the, in the first few weeks. But I think it, it's you've got to assume it's a clean slate for, for some of the players that are maybe on the periphery or, or cast aside altogether. There's been an awful lot of talk already about Kieran Westwood. And that, that'll obviously be an interesting one because, you know, that probably would get a section of the support back on side. Um you know, everyone knows what Kieran's done. Uh, you know, across his career, he's been one. You know, one of the great Wednesday keepers, isn't he? he he's turned thirty-six now, and you know, he's, he's a matter of months to the end of his contract. So that that'll be interesting. Um, you know, the likes of maybe Jordan Rose does it give him a new lease of life? Uh, you, you've got to think that if they are going to go as direct as, as people are assuming they will do, that that's probably good news for Callum Patterson, um, who's, who's probably the only. One in the squad who can really, you know, perform that role. There's been talk about Barry Van and you know this this thing about the ball flying over his head constantly. But if you are going to put the ball in the box, you, you need good delivery, and, and that's good news for, for Barry Bannon. There's no one that's going to be asked to to sort of put those balls in more. You wouldn't have thought. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it is difficult to say. There's there's people like Matt Penny as well who've sort of been in and out, and yeah, it'll it'll be really really interesting to see how much of a, a clean slate is given. But you've got to assume that um, that that'll probably be the case to begin with. Anybody you think it might not benefit? Um, no, I, I mean, no one off the top of my head. There, there is that thing about the midfield and um, how much they'll be involved but I think that's a, a lot of this stuff with Pulis he's it, it, become he's one of a lot of managers that have sort of become this sort of caricature of, of what they actually are and that's in no small part down to like social media and the way that you know everything's condensed very very small and like memes and all that sort of stuff and, and you know people in our industry you know, who sort of like to have a, a bit of narrative about certain teams, um, and I think he's one. You know, you, you look at like Sam Allardyce and, and all sorts of managers have, have sort of been pigeonholed in a certain way, where probably a, well, there is a lot more to them than that. That sort of image would have them assume. So, yeah, it'll be it'll be. I'll be honest, I've not I've not sort of covered or um, paid a whole lot of attention to Pulis teams in the past, so. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd be guessing really if, if I sort of suggested there was anyone that was, you know, going to be cast aside. But um, well, people have yeah. been saying, people have been saying this week, oh, what about Eddie Brown? What about Barry Bannon? There was nothing in, in Tony Pulis's career as a football manager that suggests that he doesn't like creative, yeah, or flower players. Not, not a bit. He seems to be in Pennant. 
he's, he's had flair players in his team. And in fact, he single-handedly revitalised Adama Traore's career and, and put him where he is now. That's interesting. And, and, I, I, I spoke to Joe Nicholson at the Radical Mail about that. Just Sorry to interrupt, Chris, but um, and he said it, both Patrick Banford and Adama Traore, like I said, he completely transformed their career. Like exactly as you said, that put their arm around them. They were the two key players for Borough. And it was when it was only when those two left that he, he changed the style of play at Borough. But beforehand, he was... He, he reeled off a number of games, but they, they beat Leeds 3-0 at Ellen Road. They were involved in two 3-3 games. Uh, and they were getting the ball down and playing. It, everything sort of went through those two. It was when those two were sold in the summer that he, he sort of reverted to type a little bit and, and played in a way that the, the Borough fans eventually sort of got a little bit tired of it and, and sort of went back to that sort of slightly more caricature self, really. Yeah, it, it's going to be really interesting to see what, what team sort of comes out. Obviously, it's probably going to have limited options initially in, in, in certain positions due to the, the injury situation, although hopefully after this uh, international break that will have uh, that will have sorted itself out a little bit, but... I don't know. Well, on that, on that, Joe. Just, just quickly touching on that. What, what, what is it looking like injury wise? coming out of this, uh, this international break. Well, I, I spoke to now former manager Gary Monk um, after the after the last game, and he said that you know effectively they were hoping that practically everybody was going to be back by the time the international break was over. I think obviously Aidan Flint. I would be very, very surprised if we see him again this year. I think when you have a look, any hamstring injury is bad, but never mind one that that requires surgery. So, for me, I think we'll probably look in January at the very earliest with with Aiden coming back. Obviously, a, a bit of a blow for for Tony Pulis because he knows Aiden very well, um, and I'm pretty sure he'll be, you would think, one of the first names on the team sheet when uh, when it comes to picking his side. But as as Chris and Alex have, have touched on as well, like. Surely he is going to come into the side and he's going to look at what's available and he's going to pick what he sees as the best team available. And I, I maybe I'm just being, you know, a bit a bit Wednesday about it with with Barry Bannon, but I can't see how any manager in the Championship goes into a football club, looks at the players available, look at, looks at the ability available, and would see a player like Barry Bannon and go, yeah, I don't think I can fit him in. There's no way, is there? And, and there's nobody better than if he's going to receive that ball from from out from the back and looking for somebody to to play a forty or fifty yard pass. There's nobody better in the team to do it at all. So it's right. It's unfair. I think, as you say, the the the, the idea of a, of a Tony Pulis side is, seems to have pervaded a lot more than what's reality, what's what's sensible. Uh, in, what's logical in terms of judging what's what's going to come from uh, from his, his his team, and we'll we'll see what it what it kind of comes out in the wash over the next few months, and see where where Wednesday are. Um, but yeah, the, the thing is, it will he ain't got a massive margin forever, really. Wednesday could if he don't get up to a decent enough start over the first month or so, Wednesday are in massive massive trouble, and it gets harder and harder. And we've seen the championship is fairly competitive this year uh, the, the the teams that have come up they're, they're giving it a decent go mostly in the main 
Obviously, Wickham have had a decent upsurge, I think, inspired by that win over Wednesday. Um, and they're, they're all going to... There's going to be a decent fight about it. You can't, you can't stand still. And he is not going to want to stand still. And just on some idea of stubbornness that, that people have got about him. Um, so, again, yes, we will see what happens. Um, Alex, do we know much about the backroom team that he's going to be working with? Uh, the short answer is no. It's uh, we, we're expecting to speak to him in, in the coming days. I'm sure that'll uh, sort of all be uh, come about. I think Jonathan Gould, the, uh, the goalkeeper and coach that he's used in the past, he's available. Uh, so that's one that I'd expect with obviously Daryl for Flahaven. Easy for me to um, leave in with with Gary Monk. So yeah, that'll be interesting. I think Joe. I, I noticed on on Twitter there was sort of a, a back and forth with a couple of guys on the availability some of the guys that he's, he's used before yeah, yeah um, David Kemp who he, he's worked with a couple of clubs in the past um, he's apparently retired and moved away from the UK but um, <laughs> someone was saying that he's been retired before and came out of retirement to work with with Tony Pulis so um, if you're looking at sort of what's happened in the past um, like you say Jonathan Gold and, and David Kemp have, have both worked with with Tony in, in, in multiple jobs and most recently at Borough. So if you're looking for a little bit of a steer in the right direction, then, you know, you probably are looking at those two, but, you know, we don't really know at this point. Um, I mean, we haven't heard from from him or, or the chairman. You know, we haven't had a sort of a comment from either of them at this stage. And hopefully when we speak to to, to him at some point next, next week, you would think, um, hopefully then we'll get a better idea of not only his technical team but also a bit of a, an idea on the way that he wants to take Wednesday forward I wonder if he'll stand up for a Zoom press conference <laughs> he does uh, he does have this habit of standing up for press conferences and yeah it's quite unnerving so you best get used to that once uh, you're allowed back in front of him face to face because uh, certainly an experience but we um, we put a, a call out of questions we had a decent one from uh, from Vital Wednesday asking where do we think where are we predicting that Wednesday will now finish this season and he wanted us all to answer that one so I'm going to throw that to you first Chris um, upper mid table I'm going to go for yeah I don't I don't know <laughs> it could be absolutely terrible or it could be brilliant and push the playoffs I, I don't know but I'm going to go somewhere in the middle and say kind of upper mid table kind of uh, maybe around February time do so well that people start getting ahead of themselves and thinking maybe a push the playoffs but it's not really oh, that's, uh, yeah that's an interesting one I was going to go for 14th to put an exact number on it. And I think that's quite been quite optimistic, but uh, yeah, 14th. Joe? I, I just think comfortably mid-table, to be honest. I think, I know that is quite a wide-ranging group of places, but I was I was relatively confident about Wednesday staying up anyway. Um, and I think with someone like, like Tony Brewers there, I think that they'll give that a little bit more stability that they maybe didn't have. Um you know, building on top of the sort of the bit of tenacity that there seems to be there that has been lacking in the past, and that I just think, and it, from my perspective, it would be quite nice to get to you know April time and just be comfortable and not have to worry about what might be going on at the end of May. Yeah, 
definitely. Alex? Yeah, I'm going to be boring and sort of agree with everyone. I think that sort of upper mid-table, really, I th- I'm probably more confident of that than under Gary Monk, simply because, as Chris sort of mentioned at the start, I don't see them dropping as many points from daft positions or you know, just throwing goals away in the same way that, that Wednesday did for for far too long under Monk. And if, if Pulis can cut that out, then that I've, I've said on pods before, I've got reservations about the number of goals that uh, I can see Wednesday scoring. I don't really expect them to start banging them in left, right and centre under, under Pulis. Um, but it's just, it's just the daft goals. It's the 3-0 home defeats that we saw that, that I think Monks Wednesday were unfortunately still capable of that that can sort of put you back for another month. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd say you know I, I've got far more confidence in them being safe mid table and not being part of the relegation conversation later on now than than maybe I did ten days ago. I can't imagine that a Tony Pulis side would have lost to Rotherham in the manner that. Uh... Wednesday did exactly. Yeah, I think um, I think that was in the deer really, and um, I, I can't imagine that it's going to be. Might not be pretty, but and and not, nothing. No, not trying to claim that they're going to win every game or, or not get beaten at all. But that backbone, that fight, and and that organisation is going to be so key. And uh, hopefully, we we're, we're going to get that. Alex and Joe, I'd be quite interested to know in terms of your. So, uh, how are you anticipating covering a, a Tony Pulis side and working with, with Tony Pulis and the capacity that you do with, with managers? Are you looking forward to it? Yeah, I think so. I think you go first, uh, Alex. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, th- I don't know. He's, he's another one that, that maybe he's got a little bit of a reputation of being gruff at times, but um, yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. He's, got, he's certainly got a sense of humor, hasn't he? We've seen that a few times in some of the punditry that he's done and, and that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, yeah, I don't see why not. Well, you know, one of those things. Always start with the Joe. Let's go with it. What, what do you think, Joe? I'm looking forward to it. I, I really am. I think with as as the guys have mentioned, with characters like Tony Pulis, there is this idea of them that people have without having ever met them, without having ever spoke to them or engaged with them on a you know one on one basis. So it's going to be very interesting, I think, to see. Um, uh, to see a little bit more of the person, I think me and Alex, we both, not sort of intimately by any stretch of the imagination, but, you know, we got to know Gary Monk quite well, especially over the lockdown period when we were doing the sort of interviews via Zoom and stuff. And there was a lot more of the the human element, I think, that came out of it. And and I think that it will be very interesting now to see sort of that, that side of Tony Pulis, the, the side that it doesn't always come across in the couple of minutes that you get in a in a post match and, and that kind of stuff. And so yeah, I'm I'm really sort of excited to have a chat with him and, and speak to him about sort of what he wants to bring for Wednesday. And one of one of the things on my list to ask is how it works for him. Going back to what we were talking about earlier in the pod, you know, whether he comes into a club with a set way of playing that he wants to sort of take on at the the team or whether he comes in with a completely blank idea in his head and looks at the players and goes, right, this is what we're going to do based on who we've got here. be interesting to see as well the kind of relationship that he has with the, with the chairman. 
and and how that's uh, that's going to play out. That's always been a real interesting factor of uh, of, of Wednesday and the dynamics ever, ever since uh, Chancery took over. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how how that plays out. Um, obviously, Chancery's seen something in him on uh, on a couple of occasions because. He weren't too far off uh, a, a year ago, from from what we understand. So, yeah, we <coughs> excuse me, sorry. It'd be interesting to see what sort of power he's handed over to uh, to Tony Pulis to, uh, to to guide Wednesday forward. Chris, obviously, in your role, you want all Sheffield clubs to be successful. Are you yeah. optimistic that there's going to be some success coming from this? Um, I think that this <laughs> could potentially. Be the beginning of a, a change. Um, I think it might be the next manager who really benefits from this. Um, I kind of get the feeling that Pulis is being brought in as, as we said earlier, sensible option. Um, Stabilise everything, get everything settled down and then build from there. Just make sure they're in the division for a start start moving up the division, sort out the structure of the club, the, you know, get a lot of players out of contract next summer, get their recruitment sorted, everything else. It, it could be there for another five years, I would doubt it very much. My my thinking is, Sheffield Wednesday will get two very good seasons out of Tony Poulos, maybe a not so good one after that, and then there's a decision made where we just move on, and then somebody comes in and reaps the benefits of what uh, what Pulis does. Might be completely wrong. It could be an absolute disaster from week one, but that's my thoughts anyway. Yeah, that sounds pretty, uh, pretty sensible, I would say. That's uh, pretty much it for this uh, another late-night edition of uh, the Star Hours Daily. We will uh, keep you covered on all things Tony Pulis over the weekend and uh, plenty of analysis of, of the appointment and what we might be able to expect from uh, from Wednesday um, under Tony Pulis and then obviously we will be there uh, in de- going in depth on his first meeting with the media whenever that is expecting it early on next week and then building towards that game against Preston next weekend and his uh, first outing on the touchline uh, for, for Wednesday um, so yeah stay tuned in to thestar.co.uk while you're over there why not consider a subscription giving you unlimited access to uh, the superb work that Joe and Alex put out on Sheffield Wednesday day in day out 365 days a year as well as our other sport coverage as well a sport only subscription set you back less than a pound a week and I think that's uh, fantastic value for that unlimited access that that would give you for now that's pretty much it thank you very much lads for for joining me this evening and uh, thank you to everyone out there as well for, for joining us take care We'll speak to you again very, very soon. Thanks a lot.